we punish him by walking away and we say, Holy Spirit, help me. I may not be able to correct that in me, but I know that you are big enough to correct that in me. And I'm going to go after you until you, you get that corrected in me. Right? Do you, are you walking with him like that? And then he talks about the bride and the bridegroom, right? Song of Solomon, you know? The passion. And in John 17, 3, he says, And this is eternal life, that you would know him. And what does that knowing mean? What does that verb mean? It means like a husband and a wife know each other. Do you know Holy Spirit like that? I know the feel of my husband's skin. I know his touch. When he comes near me, my heart beats a little faster. When Holy Spirit comes near, does your heart beat a little faster? Pastor, do you know his presence when he comes into the room? Do you get excited? Because I get excited. And I want to tell you, I'm just like you. I get caught up in my shame or I get caught up in my rage or somebody does me wrong and I'm like, right? (laughs) And and some of these people can attest because they know me so well. And let me tell you, man, I can let loose a blue streak, right? You know? They caught me off at the Costco. <laughs> right. But do you know him so well? Do you know Holy Spirit so well that he speaks to you about the stranger at the Walmart? And you walk up to him and you say, Man, I'm sorry, children. And you speak into the inner world and you speak about their external circumstances and they go, God must be real. Because they're, I don't even know you, right? That's how connected we're supposed to be. And I'm just going to whip through what not connected looks like because I've bolded on to this. I can't hear, right? This is what it looks like, right? I heard wrong, so I'm just giving it up, right? Okay, well, I tried. It didn't work out, right? Here's a big one. They can and I can't. Or he doesn't. Right? And there's some more, but that's kind of just boiling it down into its basic. All the reasons why we disconnect and say, dismiss, it doesn't work, so why bother trying? Right? We all got reasons. Mostly comes down to being scared. But just going to take all of that, hold for a second, and I'm going to talk to you about the mechanisms. How do we hear spiritually? Like, how does it work? How do we get connected? What does it look like? Right? And so I'm just going to, this is going to sound, just hang with me. So it's a little bit different. So if you look at the other page, I'm talking about the brain. I'm going to talk to you about your brain. Okay? This is your brain and not on drugs if you have anyone on the old commercial. This is your brain. So this is your brain, right? Millions of bits of information come up your brainstem into your brain. And it's processed in seconds, millions of bits of information in a second. And what most people don't realize or know about their brain, right, is it has two main parts. Emotional brain, your limbic system, your amygdala, and your prefrontal cortex. Thinking mind, right here, right? This is like prefrontal cortex. And as westernized women, we tend to think, right, that emotional brain is not so good. (laughs) 
and our prefrontal cortex, our thinking mind, that's really good, isn't it? That's good, right? In our thinking mind, as you look at, you know, it has time and executive function and problem solving and retention and, you know, all those intentions, memory, all, all that, you know, right? So that's a good thing. But emotional brain has that hardcore basic stuff. But here's the deal. If you look at those seven systems, right, of emotional brain, what's amazing about this is every mammal that God has ever created has these seven basic systems. Every mammal has ever created. (coughs) Humans have, right, thinking mind. This is thinking mind. This is what happens when I flip my lid. I get somebody cuts me off at the Costco lane, right? And I got two full carts and I got to get out of here. And my limbic system is all up in my anger, right? So here's the thing about our emotional brain. It is the source of our passion. It's the source of our protection. It's the source of our connection. If you look at the seven basic circuits, right? Care and connect is one of those. That comes out of your emotional brain. Right? If you disconnect from that, if you dismiss it, if you deny it, if you minimize it, if you think it's not that significant, what's going to happen to your passion? Where can you have passion? Right? I remember John Arnott, a lot of people might not even be familiar with the name, but in the mid-90s, this sort of renewal going around, and he said, he was talking about passion. He said, you know, if passion isn't good, you know, when I kiss my wife, all I'm going to be doing is exchanging spit. Does that sound appealing? Really? How are you going to be passionate about God if you're dismissing your emotional brain? You know, we may need to have it renewed, right? It may need to be, in Romans 12, right, 1 and 2, when he talks about renewing our mind, we think about, I'm just going to mesmerize more scripture, do a little more Bible study, and that's going to fix it. The problem is that does not get down to emotional brain. And transformation does not happen just through (coughs) renewing prefrontal cortex or thinking mind. It doesn't happen that way. Right? And we know emotional brain processes before thinking mind or prefrontal cortex, just as any mom in this room. If there's a, pro, a danger and your kid's in danger, are you reacting before you're thinking? Or do you sit there and ponder? I think I'll think about that while I watch that car just run right over my boy. Right? <laughs> Emotional brain is leading. Trust me. Right? Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't need to be renewed. It's got to come into line. But if you're going to discount the source, the cornerstone, the foundation of your passion, the place of protection, fear is not all bad. God's created it in you, right? If there's a problem coming your way, does he not want you to know? Right? So, we have to understand and call it good because it's the first place where we utterly disconnect. If I'm calling something God has created, I'm a reflection, right, of God. That doesn't mean I'm not saying God has a physical brain like me. Right? We get that, right? But I'm created in his image. So, that part of me is created some way as a reflection of who he is. And he called it good, not just good, but very 
Right? And so we have to understand we've got to embrace that part of ourselves to get to where we want to go. Right? Transformation happens. Let me just talk about this. So, and I say this over and over and over again. Transaction, transformation, you know, work at your salvation day after day, right? Sanctification. It happens this way. There's an intersection between your emotional brain, your thinking mind, and Holy Spirit. You do not get transformation if you're only engaging your intellect. If all you've got happening here is your prefrontal cortex, na 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 na. Okay. If you only are engaging your intellect or your prefrontal cortex, and you're not engaging your emotional brain, transformation, transaction, sanctification, working out that salvation day after day, right? It does not happen. Because emotional brain will continue going one way and thinking mind another. And like whole denominations and churches are developed around um, elevating one part of us over the other. And the reality is we should be connected, fully flowing in both, right? With Holy Spirit leading. That's where transformation happens. So perfection is... Holy Spirit intersecting with emotional brain and thinking mind. But when we're discounting emotional brain and elevating thinking mind, or vice versa, we've already created a disconnect, and we're creating a split within ourselves. If I'm split, right? If I'm disconnected from myself, how am I connected to him? How can I possibly be connected to you? Or maybe I'll connect with one of you, but not you, because, oh my gosh, let me just tell you about her. (laughs) Right? So it's these, it's this intersection that creates healing. So let's just, I know this is really quick, and this is like an hors d'oeuvre, right? I'm just giving you a forward to a book. And when you leave here, if you're interested, you go find that banquet with Holy Spirit, you read the rest of the book, right? What's the name of it? I just, you know, there's several I can recommend. Okay. Glad to do that after. I should have put it on the paper, but I didn't. But anyway, so this is where wisdom lives. Is, and wisdom is what transforms us. Okay? So let's talk just a couple minutes about some more disconnection and what it looks like. And then let's talk about how do we correct it. Okay? We tracking? And not a little bit. There's just a little bit of tracking, right? So what happens when we... Try to hear God, and it doesn't go so well. And I have some examples of typical things. I'm 56 now. I've been a youth pastor. I've led tons of women's studies, right? (coughs) I've led regional and meetings and meetings in the nation about how to hear God, and I've just heard some common themes, especially among women. Here's a big one. God told me, right, I'm supposed to fill in the blank. Date him, marry them, it's okay to do this with him, right? And we believe that. 
Because we're letting our emotional brain, our longing, lead our reality. And we think that's God. Because we want it. Another one is, and I'll give examples of this, just as familiar. We're in a different kind of church, right? And somebody's waving their hand, or maybe they're dancing, or maybe they're speaking in tongues. I hate to even say that word, you know. <laughs> or maybe there's women in leadership, God forbid, right? And our thinking mind, our prefrontal cortex is going, And we might not be saying it, but I trust me. <laughs> we are, <laughs> are we not? Let me show you a story about a friend, an African American woman, female pastor, goes to church. They don't do dancing, right? They don't do hand waving. So no, no. <laughs> and so they had a, a, a college group come in to sing for them. It was a Friday evening, Saturday morning playing event, right? But guess what? <laughs> they did it. <laughs> they're raising their hands and they're dancing. And I mean, she was getting phone calls all evening. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and just shut it all down. And she had to spend time with the Lord. And she just got out her Bible. And she just started reading. She just was looking up verses on raising your hands and dancing. And she got up the next morning and said to her congregation, I hate to tell you this, guys, but we're wrong. It's right there in the Word. Look at it. But it was really hard for them to hear God because they had a preconceived notion of what it was supposed to look like. It wasn't familiar. And we think if it's familiar, it's God. God doesn't live in our box. He just doesn't. You know? I spent all last year with a rotten tooth. Well, actually, I had this rotten tooth for a few years, right? And I'm praying, praying, praying because I want to keep my tooth, right? Oh, my gosh. So I ended up having mono almost all of last year, literally, because I had this way bad infection. I didn't realize how bad it was, right? And I'm praying, praying, praying. <laughs> number two, son, I have eight kids, so we just call them by numbers. You know, he just says to me, Mama, I know there's a little box for me, but I think God wants to pull that tooth. And I tell you what, it was so great. Oh, my gosh. I started feeling better in days. I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> but I had this idea that that's what faith looked like, that I would stand for a year with Mono, believing for my healing for my tooth. Sad. I could have been delivered nine months ago when they diagnosed it, right? Not had mono, not gained 12 pounds, and feeling really good and doing my job. But I had this idea of what healing looked like. I had this idea of what I was supposed to do, right? And actually, number one son was saying, Mom, where's your faith? Right? Nothing like getting all them kids in the room and <laughs> tell you what. Right, so we have this idea, right? And whether it's emotional brain or thinking mind, it bumps up against the way he speaks. Or our longing bumps up against what he's saying, and we disconnect, right? Instead of believing 
his voice. It's like Janice said, if it's good or if it's unfamiliar, it's okay. He's got process, right? He's, he's all about the process. He's more interested in that in your journey than your arrival. He's excited. He likes you right now. In your shame, in your mess, you know, when you're doing something horrible, when you're all mad, you know, when you're thinking about some other man or some other woman or whatever, you know? You know? When you're lusting after your neighbor's house, car, wardrobe, boob size, butt size, belly size, whatever. He is liking you right now. But hearing that is so hard because it bumps up against 20. 20, okay. It bumps up against that. So perfect connection happens when we embrace emotional brain, thinking mind, and Holy Spirit. And all of us have places, all of us have places of disconnect. Does that make sense? So what we're going to do here in just a minute is we're just going to put on some music. Um, uh, one of my favorite Christian artists is Misty Edwards. And I'm going to put on her song called The Favorite One. And I'm just going to invite Holy Spirit to speak to you about where, just one place, just, just one so you can walk away holding on to something that's transformational. Where am I disconnected? And how, Holy Spirit, are you going to correct that? How am I going to get connected in this place where I've been disconnected? Right? And then what I want you to do is during lunch, right? I want you to find somebody and tell them about what God said to you. Testify. <laughs> Testify. It's in the word. It's in the word, right? It's in the word. And if it's so private you can't testify, write yourself an email or send yourself a text. But somehow testify if it's just coming through really like don't worry about it, okay? Testify. It'll get bigger. And if you got it somewhat wrong, who cares? He doesn't care. He does not care. You know, when I first met my husband, I didn't know all that stuff. I know it now. You know, I've been married 32 years. Okay.